So I think we all are pretty much aware of what's coming up this next week. Uh, many of us are going to be traveling, many of us are going to be seeing family and uh, eating a lot and a lot of food. We'll probably sit at a Thanksgiving table for some of us, you know, at least once, twice, some of us maybe even three times, and we're going to stuff ourselves with turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and maybe cranberries. I'm not a cranberry guy, but maybe you like the cranberries. My mom always puts them on the table, and no one ever eats them, so I don't know why she keeps buying it, but she does it. You know, we did gravy and rolls, desserts. You know, it's estimated that the average American this week on Thanksgiving and one meal is going to eat 3,000 to 4,000 calories at one sitting before they're going to go find a recliner or a couch and pass out due to all the gluttony that they've practiced. And even though we know Thanksgiving isn't about gluttony or practicing it, it's about giving thanks. And it's not even about getting our nap, though I do enjoy a good Thanksgiving nap. Um, I say I'm watching football, but I usually just can't get out uh, in the middle of it. But we're focused on thanks this morning, and it's a good thing because the Bible speaks a lot about giving thanks and being thankful. We'll be in Psalm chapter 118. If you want to make your way there in your Bible, Psalm is pretty much in the middle of the Bible, so if you just kind of put your fingers in the middle and open up, you'll probably be pretty close. And as you make your way there, I want to give us a little background concerning the Psalm. Uh, This Psalm is part of what is known as the Egyptian Hillel. It was read on the very last night of the Jewish Passover. The Egyptian Hillel begins in Psalm 113, and then Psalm 118 closes it out. Now, the word Hillel in Hebrew means praise. So when we sing a song that's saying hallelujah, we're literally saying praise the Lord. Now, the Gospels in Matthew and Mark were told after the disciples and Jesus were in the upper room, and they, had, they took what we we're going to be taking this morning in the Lord's Supper, they went and sang a hymn. And since it was the Passover night when we would wrap up the Passover meal, the hymn, hymn they would sing would be the Egyptian Hillel. So Psalm 113 to 118. Um, they called it the Egyptian Hillel because it focused on the Passover. And the Passover is a time of celebration when the Jewish people remembered that God redeemed them. He rescued them from the bondage of slavery in Egypt. And when they put the blood of the lamb upon the doorpost, the Spirit of the Lord would pass over them and they would be rescued. And so let's walk through Psalm 118. And again, our focus this morning is on giving thanks. The word of the Lord says, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord, and the Lord answered me. And he set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me on every side. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They went out like a fire among thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I was pushed hard so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Glad songs of salvations are in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live, 
and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he's not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of the righteous of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and you have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you, and you are a great and mighty God. And I pray our worship of you has been pleasing to you. Father, we want to lift you up. We, we want to praise your name for what you have done for us all, Lord, and, and dying for our sins and taking our punishment and rising again that we might be forgiven and be given eternal life. Lord, give us a heart of thanks. And this time as we open up your word, I pray your spirit would be our guide and our shepherd and would lead us through this. Father, that I would just be an instrument of your righteousness. Father, you would speak to every individual in this place exactly where they are. And we praise you because you know us deeply and intimately. There's nothing in our life that is hidden from you. So, Father, I pray in this time that your kingdom and will be done in each of our life, including my own. I pray that you alone will be glorified as we go through this, Lord, and prepare us for this week. Not to sit down with friends and family, not to eat a big meal, Lord, but to have a thankful heart. We praise you that your steadfast love does endure forever. And you are our, our warrior. You are our salvation, our refuge in times of trouble. Father, we praise your name, and we pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the passage begins, you want to jump back with me to verse 1. It begins with a call to give thanks. This is not a command, but it is a call that leads into a procession in verses 2 through 4, calling all the people of God to come to the house of God to give praise to His name. It's similar to a psalm in Psalm 100 and verse 4. It says, For enter His gates with thanksgiving, and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and bless His name. Psalm 118 is a call to Israel, which would be the children of God in the Old Testament. It's a call to Aaron there in verse 3, which would be a call to the priests and those who taught the Word of God. It is a call to all who fear the Word of God and fear God Himself. In other words, this is calling us as God's people to enter into His presence and to praise His name because His steadfast love endures forever. His mercy endures forever. His faithfulness to us endures forever. His loving kindness endures forever. It never quits. Our God is everlasting. And He loves us deeply. The Hebrew word for thanks, which we see several times throughout this psalm, isn't just to say, thank you, God. The word thanks in Hebrew means to express praise through confession. 
to give thanks to God through praising his name, sometimes through song, but sometimes in just confessing that he is good, confessing in what he has done for us. The psalm is calling all of God's people to give and express praise through the confession of the Lord's steadfast love. That phrase, steadfast love, it means loyalty, which means every day we have a reason to praise God. We have a reason to praise the Lord. The Lord is loyal. He is a covenant God, which means he's a God of promises. And here's the thing we can find throughout his word. God never goes back on his promises. We have to keep in this mind the psalmist is not in the midst of peaceful times. Verse 5, he speaks of being in distress, which is something from the Hebrew, which means he is, he is in anguish. Verse 10, he speaks of being surrounded by his enemies, which is what the word nation is pointing to. Verse 18, he speaks of of the Lord disciplining him severely. In verse 25, he cries out to the Lord to save him and to save the people of Israel. He can make these cries to the Lord because the psalmist knows, as he stated from the beginning, that God is a faithful God. And God's love endures through all things. So we need to understand in praising God and giving thanks doesn't mean that everything in our life has to be peachy. It doesn't mean everything has to be going smoothly. To give thanks is to remind us of the promises and the goodness of God. Five times in this psalm, the psalmist writes the word thanks. To give thanks to God for all he has done. To praise God for all that he has done. And to praise God for all that he is going to do. Kind of reminds me of the old hymn. Y'all remember hymns? They used to come in books. Maybe you remember this one. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. If you know the tune, go ahead. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, Name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Now you know why I'm not on the worship teams, but anyway. That's what we're being called to do through this song. To give thanks. Look in verses 19 through 22. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter in through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I will make you, I will thank you that you have answered me. And you have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The gates of the righteous that the psalmist is referring to here in the, these verses, referring to the doors of the tabernacle. It's referring to the doors of the later to be the temple. It's a place where only the righteous could enter in and be in the full presence of the Almighty God. As God's children, we have this incredible promise given to us. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. The book of Hebrews tells us, But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering... He has perfected for all time those who 
who are being sanctified. Jumping to verse 19, that's from Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 19 of the same chapter says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with a heart sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Jumping back to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has, was t- had been tempted as we are yet without sin. Because of this, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We give thanks to the Lord because the psalmist desired to go through the gates of the righteous to go into the presence of God. But now, because of Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ has done, if we have accepted his sacrifice, accepted him as our Lord and Savior, we now have this full assurance, this confidence that we can come into the full presence of God. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Steadfast love endures forever. I want to do something different today, something that Psalm is calling us to do. I want to invite us all to participate. (laughs) You don't have to, don't worry, if you don't want to. But I want us to have a time of giving thanks, a time of giving confession of thanks, and praising God to testify about how the Lord's love has endured in our own life, to give thanks and to share what we are thankful for, that we may proclaim, you are my God. And I will give thanks to you. You are my God, and I will extol you. There in verse 28 of the psalm. The word extol means to raise up, to exalt. So like I said, you don't have to participate if you don't want to. Does anybody have a confession of thanks they'd like to share? Yeah, you're going to have to speak into a mic, too, just to make sure everyone can hear you. I'll come to you. You don't have to come up here. Not everybody at once, though. Okay. You both raised your hands, so I don't know. (laughs) I thank the Lord. All of our grandchildren are here with us today. That is a blessing. Um, a lot of you know where we live over there. It's, we've lived there for about 43 years now. And at first, I didn't like that house. <laughs> and I love that house. And the reason is, I, after I got saved, I loved that house. And I still love it. And I go down. We had a washer, an old Maytag washer that lasted for, I think, 35 years. And I don't think I ever thanked the Lord for that washer. But now I go downstairs, and we have a Maytag washer, but the last one lasted five years. So uh, maybe this one will last six. I don't know. But I thank the Lord. I think every time I use that washer for that house and that washer. Thank you. I'm very thankful for my wife. 
and I'm really thankful to the Lord for bringing my son to us. Something that we dreamed about and prayed about for since we got married. And he gave us our miracle. So I'm very thankful for my God Almighty and my family. Who else? About three years ago, my brother and his wife lost their baby. <laughs> Give me a second. Tomorrow they get to welcome their second child since losing him. So I'm thankful for that. I have a lot to be thankful for, my family and God's taken care of us throughout our lives, and but here lately, things have been a little rough at work. I have to think about how I'm going to fix things and how things are going to be accomplished, and he takes care of it every single time, even though I don't know how it's going to happen. So just thankful for his protection and guidance. Amen. Who else? Are you pointing at me? <laughs> I'm just thankful for this lovely family that consumes two rows. I am too thankful for my family, our growing family, and um, but um, I'm just doing a study in Second Kings right now, and just a reminder of, I'm very thankful for my salvation, number one, um, and the relationship that I have, because I don't know how people can do it without him, um, but I'm just so thankful for his provision, and so many times you don't see it, and, and I'm, I have a tendency to get consumed with, you know, things that are going wrong, but just to look back and just it's just been a reminder of just God's protection, his provision, and that he's always there. And he has, he has shown himself, as, as I've delved into his scriptures and stuff, he has, he has made it really apparent of his provision. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that. When your heart's pounding, you're supposed to say something, right? Yes, so. <laughs> I'm just thankful I'm so very blessed my family and friends and my community but um, I'm extremely thankful for Thanksgiving 20 years ago because I had a very special Thanksgiving with my dad who God called home the very next day and God knew what I needed to prepare myself for what was going to happen the next day and it was the most amazing Thanksgiving ever and God provides and God takes care of us because he knows what we're going to face. I don't want to look too many people in the eye and make you feel guilty of having to say something. Anybody else want to share? I'm thankful for my, my family my community, but I'm thankful for this church. We didn't have a church home before we came here, what, 
almost 11 years ago. Adam was a baby. So I'm thankful for this church. Those of you who planted it, started it, brought it here to Stratford because it's been a blessing to us and many. <laughs> Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. So what the psalm is calling us to do is, is to confess thankfulness. <clears throat> Again, it's not saying that we confess being thankful to the Lord because it's rainbows and lollipops, flowers and butterflies. The psalmist is very real throughout this psalm that life is not perfect. Yet in the midst of it, he turns his focus on what the Lord has done in his life and how the Lord has been faithful to him through trials and tribulations and those things began to fade away when his focus came upon the Lord. Verse 5, he cries out in distress. Again, that word means anguish. He calls out to the Lord, and he says, And the Lord answered me. He set me free. Verse 6, he realizes when the Lord is on his side, then man or mere people can't bring him harm. And he's speaking of spiritual harm which is a consistent theme throughout the scriptures. Paul is led by the Spirit to write in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, If God is for us, who can be against us? He echoes a psalm in Psalm 27, 1, where it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? In verse 7 in Psalm 118, he calls the Lord his helper. Verse 8 and 9, the Lord is his refuge. In verse 10 through 12, he speaks of being cut off. But the Lord, his champion, his rescuer, has cut off those who are pursuing after him to destroy him. The great reminder that nothing can separate us or cut us off from the Lord's love. Again, coming from the book of Romans, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So tribulations or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We could go on, but the promises of God are to create a thankful heart in God's people. The book of Ephesians chapter 5 verse 20 says, We are giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18 he says, Give thanks, hear this, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Did you catch that? Giving thanks is the will of God in Christ Jesus for us. As God's people, we are to be thankful people. When we give thanks to the Lord, we focus and we turn our attention to what He's done, and then we're going to lose sight of those trivial things that we can worry about. That's what the psalmist is saying there in verse 12. All his worries, all his troubles, everything that was putting anguish upon his heart, they went out like a fire among thorns. In our day, we could probably word it like this, it went up like a Christmas tree on fire. Poof. 
may have caused a lot of trouble, may have caused a lot of noise in his life. And we're going to have the same thing. But the psalmist realized when he turned his attention upon God, they were quickly consumed compared to the whole scheme of life and the full magnificence and glory of who God is. Again, the psalmist isn't denying that troubles won't come. You turn to the Gospels, Jesus doesn't deny it either. John 16, he pretty much straight out tells us in this world you're going to have troubles. You're going to have tribulations, but then he gives the promise, but fear not, because I have overcome the world. The psalmist and Jesus are telling us to turn our eyes upon the goodness, the mercy, the loving kindness, the faithfulness of the Lord, because it's those things that endure forever. Troubles are going to eventually fade, but God's faithfulness towards us never will. Our thanks isn't just to be among believers, though. We are here to tell others what the Lord has done for us. In our lives, look in verse 17. So I shall not die, but I shall live, and I shall recount the deeds of God. To recount means I'm going to proclaim them. I'm going to declare to the world, to God's people, the deeds and the works of the Lord and what he's done in our life. That's what we were doing here this morning, recounting, proclaiming to one another. This week, as we draw near to Thanksgiving, let us also proclaim what the Lord has done for us, not just here this morning, but with our family members. Let this be our testimony. Look at verses 8 and 9. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. We need that today. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in governments and politicians and things that are going around the world. This is what the psalmist is alluding to us today. Is it's better to take refuge in God than those people who claim to have power. Look in verse 24. gives us this great reminder. This is the day. This is the day the Lord has made. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. Every day we wake up, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And let us recount the deeds he's done in our lives. I know this isn't always easy. That's my wife if I always come across as thankful. <laughs> you don't have to tell them, Jamie. Just, just smile at them when they ask. Okay? It's not always easy to have a thankful heart. But here's the reality. As God's people, we have every reason to have a thankful heart. Verse 22. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This verse is pointing to Jesus. And in fact, Jesus is going to quote this very verse when he delivers a parable about people rejecting who he is as the Savior of the world, as the Messiah. He uses this verse. Perhaps you're here this morning, that's been the type of person you've been. You've been rejecting Jesus, rejecting the gift of salvation he wants to offer you, rejecting the forgiveness of your sins, rejecting the gift of eternal life. And God has drawn you to this place so you can too have a thankful heart because Jesus died for you. He died to save you. He died to claim you as his own and invite you to his home and our eternal home. 
If you're here this morning, you've yet to accept Jesus Christ, it's really simple. The Bible lays it out. First, you have to admit to God that you're a sinner. To be a sinner means you fall short of God's holiness, his standards. And you admit to God, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I do things I'm not proud of. But then the Bible says when we admit it to God, we have to believe in our heart that Jesus Christ, God's only son, died for our sins, rose again on a third day, and conquered death in the grave to grant forgiveness for all sins, past, present, and future, and give eternal life to all who would call upon his name as Lord and Savior. And that brings us to the final spot, confession. Because once we believe it in our heart, we have to confess that he is Lord. And the Bible tells us in the book of Romans, then we will be saved. You may be here this morning, that's exactly what you need to do so you too can have a thankful heart. But maybe you're here this morning, you've already made that, con- that confession of faith, you've already begun a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, but you realize as you read through this psalm that, man, I just not, have not been thankful for it. I've not been showing thanks to other people about it. Maybe that just needs to change this morning. But if you do need to accept Christ, we're going to have this time of invitation. Jackson's going to come up and lead us in a song. I'm going to be standing down here, and I'm going to invite you to come. And once we're done with this time of invitation, we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper, and I'll give us some instructions when we get to that. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day. It is your day, and you have made it. And Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ here in this place, because we belong to you, the faithful God, the God of salvation, the God who fought a fight that we could not win on our own. And Lord, you saved us. Father, there's someone here this morning that has yet to accept you as their Lord and Savior. They've yet to make that confession of faith. I pray in this time, your spirit would speak to their hearts in the only way you can. And they would come down this aisle, and this would be the day of their salvation. Thanks for this time of year we, we come and we give thanks. We speak about thanks. As we head into the Christmas season, Lord, let us remember what it's really about. It's about giving you thanks because you came to save us. And we praise your name for that. Lord, let this be a time where we're not just hearers of your word, but we're doers. And we respond to what you've laid upon our hearts. We praise all in the name of Jesus. Amen.